Welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha, a podcast shared by David Roylance. This podcast is dedicated to guiding you to completely eliminate the discontent mind and the suffering it causes by attaining enlightenment. Learn and practice the teachings of Gotama Buddha that will guide you to fully attain a peaceful, calm, serene, and content mind with joy. To support this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha or visit buddhadailywisdom.com where you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online learning resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Now, here's our teacher to share more. Hello and welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha. I would like to welcome all of you to our class today, whether you're joining us for the first time or you've been joining us regularly. Today, we're going to be doing guided breathing mindfulness meditation together, where you're invited to be able to meditate together as a community. Whether you're watching this live or you're watching on one of the replays, I'd like to welcome all of you because this is an opportunity for us to encourage, support, and motivate each other in our meditation practice. I'm going to do breathing mindfulness meditation with you, which is the primary form of meditation that the Buddha taught because it addresses the primary problem in the mind, which is craving, desire, attachment. It also arises mindfulness or concentration. It helps to build that awareness of mind where you can just be utterly aware of the mind at all times during your day. You train on this in meditation, and then you're able to practice it in daily life. And the same thing with concentration, that if you're focused on the breath, which is your single object, you're developing the mind's ability to have concentration or focus, clarity of mind, and deep memory. An enlightened being is going to have that focus, that clarity, that concentration, and the deep memory, as well as awareness of mind, being able to be aware of the mind, because you need to have that awareness of mind so that as unwholesome things come into the mind, you can cut that off and let it go. Or as wholesome things are happening or coming into the mind, you can support those, encourage those, and not allow them to fade. So as you're practicing breathing mindfulness meditation, you're arising mindfulness, arising concentration, and you're eliminating craving, desire, attachment. So if you'd like to join for meditation, you can go ahead and do that. If you're on the floor, you might have a cushion under your rear. If you are in a chair, you might just have your feet flat on the floor or crossed at the ankles lightly. If you are on the floor, then you probably just cross your legs lightly because you're interested in having the circulation through your legs. You're not interested in your legs falling asleep, which would just be painful. And if that does occur or you feel any pain anywhere in the body, you just like to shift and adjust so that you can then get to a comfortable position. You're not interested in luxury in your meditation position, but you're not interested in being painful either. So in the middle would be nice and comfortable. So get your lower body nice and comfortable. The hands and arms can rest comfortably in the lap. The Buddha put his right hand on top of his left and with his thumbs together, he then put that into his lap. You essentially, your lower body, your hands and arms should be completely relaxed with no muscles engaged whatsoever. 
if the hand positioning isn't helpful for you or you feel that it's uncomfortable, there's other options as well. This practice isn't about everybody doing it the same way because that's actually impossible. So if you like your palms on your thighs, your palms on your knees, your palms up, whatever you'd like. If you're in a chair, you might even put your arms on the armrest of a chair so that the lower body, the hands and arms are completely relaxed. The upper body should be erect. This helps to keep the mind attentive and alert during the meditation session because you're doing a dedicated, active, purposeful training session. You're not interested in zoning out during meditation. You should be doing the work to eliminate unwholesome qualities and arise wholesome qualities in the mind. This is what's going to ultimately move the mind closer to that mindfulness and concentration and eliminate the craving desire attachment because you're eliminating unwholesome qualities and arising the wholesome qualities. The unwholesome quality of craving desire attachment is being eliminated by focusing on the breath and bringing the mind back to the breath through each time you meditate. And you're arising that mindfulness and concentration by being focused on the breath and aware of what's in the mind. So you're going to need the mind to be attentive and alert during the meditation. So by keeping the upper body erect, this keeps the mind attentive and alert during the meditation. Next, just close the eyes and start breathing in through the nose and out through the nose. Here, what you're doing is you're just establishing the breath. Breathing in and out. Breathing in and out. Your breath isn't going to necessarily match up to the guidance that I'm providing. This is your practice. I'm just here as a guide. So wherever you get to the next inhale, just breathe in naturally through the nose, experiencing the full breath. And then whenever you get to the exhale, you exhale out through the nose, experiencing the full exhale. This is your practice. So you breathe as the body needs it. Breathing in through the nose and out through the nose. Once the breath is well established, start fixating the mind on the breath. The sound of the breath or the sensation of air moving into the nose. The breath is the present moment. Fixate the mind on the breath, the present moment. Breathing in and out. Breathing in and out. 
with the mind fixated on the breath. Whenever you observe that the mind is off the breath, cut that off, let it go, and come back to the breath, the present moment. No need to judge the thought, label it, observe it, or analyze it in any way. Just wherever you observe that the mind is off the breath, cut that off, let it go, and come back to the breath, the present moment. Breathing in. In, out. Breathing in in out. I'm going to be quiet now and let you do this work of focusing on the breath, the present moment. And wherever you observe that the mind is not on the breath, cut that off, let it go and come back to the breath the present moment. You have nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. No one needs you right now. This is your time to focus on the breath. Breathing in. in, out.
As you guys are coming out of meditation, I'll just remind you about building up your practice to two or three meditation sessions per day. You'd like to get that up to 30 minutes or more. And of course, you need to build up to that. Some people take six months, a year, maybe even two years to build up to that, where you're creating enough space in your life and the ability to be able to meditate for two or three sessions per day for 30 minutes or more. You might start with one or two sessions for 10 minutes or 15 minutes. This is all completely fine. What I've observed is that the frequency of meditation is actually more important than the duration. So if you can get two meditation sessions for 10 or 15 minutes a session, that would be better than say one meditation session for 20 or 30 minutes. So if you can build up to just creating space in your life for like two meditations, one in the morning, one in the evening, and you're able to build that up to 30 minutes, but perhaps you start at 10 or even five or you know, 20 or 30, wherever you are, you just gradually expand it. 
No need to set an alarm because you're probably sit in meditation just craving to know, is it time yet? Is it time yet? Is it time yet? Or you'll be deep in meditation getting all kinds of benefit and then the alarm will go off when you could have actually gotten a lot more benefit. So what you do is you look at the time before going into meditation and you look at the time coming out. And if you do that just kind of once a week where you monitor the time, then you'll kind of know what you're doing with meditation in terms of time. But of course, if you need to be to work or you need to be somewhere and you need to set an alarm occasionally, go ahead, set the alarm. But when you're not needing an alarm, when you can be maybe on the weekends or on the evenings when you're not working or having something to do, that would be ideal just to give the mind a complete break where you can just start meditation, you can go forward, and then wherever you need to stop, you just stop. No need to have an alarm necessarily. You can just gain whatever benefits you're going to gain and then you're done with it and move on to the next thing in your day. So what we usually do as part of this class is not only meditation, but I open up to any questions that you guys might have. Whether you're in Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom, you can put your questions about anything about meditation or the path to enlightenment into the comment section. And then our moderator, Miranda, will see that and be sure that your question gets asked during the class. And if you're in Zoom, you can electronically raise your hand and ask any questions or follow-up questions directly. Yes, sir. Can can one become attached to meditation itself? Yes, the mind can get attached to anything and everything. You can even get attached to water, actually. Because remember, it's that mental longing and strong eagerness. So if somebody's rushing to hurry up and go meditate, this is an indication that one is attached, you know, their craving, desire attached to meditation. If you're uh, missing meditation sometimes and you feel grumpy or irritable or you're sad that you didn't meditate or you feel guilty or shameful that you didn't meditate, this is an indication of attachment to meditation. So there's no such thing as a wholesome attachment or a good attachment. Even having craving desire attachment for all beings in the world to be peaceful. That would be wonderful if all beings in the world were peaceful. And someday, if the world continues to learn and practice these teachings and they expand and grow further and further, the whole world will be peaceful. But if the mind is craving for it, longing for it, yearning for it, this is where the mind will be discontent whenever the world's not peaceful. And then if the mind was lethargic or lacking motivation or enthusiasm or indifferent to the world's suffering and misery, the mind wouldn't feel content there either. So it's only when you can come to this middle way where you can practice things like meditation and loving kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, equanimity, mindfulness, concentration, the five precepts, the eightfold path, practicing all of these things from the middle way. So if the mind's craving or longing and yearning for anything, even enlightenment itself, then the mind won't experience enlightenment until it learns how to pursue these things as a goal, objective, or interest, including something like meditation. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. What would be a wise course of action for someone who has noticed that they are developing an attachment to meditation, being able to meditate? Yeah, so what you would like to do if you notice there's an attachment to meditation, then you would like to kind of mix up your meditation where it's not the same time every day, 
So if you're normally meditating morning and evening, meditate like in the middle of the day sometimes, kind of like mix it up and even go a day or two or three without meditating and then meditate some more for like a week or two and then go a day or two or three without meditating. You know, this sounds like what? The teacher really is uh, suggesting not to meditate? Uh, is, Is he serious? Yeah, that's actually the way to do it. So it's the same thing like if you were attached to a piece of chocolate cake and you always wanted a piece of chocolate cake, well, the advice would be to not eat chocolate cake for a period of time to train the mind to go without it and that the mind isn't going to get this permanence where it's always going to get the chocolate cake. So it's the same thing with something like meditation, that if you're noticing the mind's craving and yearning and longing for it, you can mix it up within your day. That'll introduce some impermanence into it. But you can also skip a day or two or three here and there. You're not interested in that becoming three weeks. But if you skip a day or two or three, it's not going to affect your ability to get to enlightenment. But craving meditation, the attached meditation is going to affect your ability to get to enlightenment. So that's why what you're doing is you're accumulating the benefits over a long term period. So if you miss a day or two here and there, that's okay as you have already built up a lot of accumulation. Now, if somebody's just starting out, I would encourage them to build up their practice, right? Build up the propensity to continue to practice regularly on a consistent, ongoing basis. But then once somebody's got three months, six months, a year, and they're noticing that, whoa, the mind's kind of attached to meditation itself, you know, I'm feeling grumpy when I don't meditate. I'm sad when I don't meditate. I feel guilty or shameful. I'm rushing to meditate because I want to meditate so badly. Then what you do is you introduce the impermanence, even skipping a day or two, three here and there, and then going right back to meditating for a week or two, three, and then introducing some more impermanence and train the mind that when you miss meditation to be peaceful and joyful, regardless of having missed meditation. That's what you're ultimately trying to get to where the mind is no longer holding on and craving this permanence, even something like meditation itself. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. Uh, It appears that those are all the questions there are for today, sir. Okay, so in our class next Wednesday, we're gonna be doing loving kindness meditation. I'll guide you guys through that and help you to come together and encourage, support, and motivate each other in your meditation practice. This Sunday, we're still in our retreat series. We're in the fourth class of these eight individual unique classes that are from the retreat from the USA this past summer. This class coming up this Sunday is titled Training the Mind to Acquire Concentration, Developing Singleness of Mind in a Distracting World. Because as you guys probably know, the world is always kind of grabbing at your attention, right? There's all this marketing, there's video games, there's all these central desires that are out there that might be trying to grab your attention. You might be at a workplace and you have coworkers who are maybe grabbing your attention or customers or people like this that are always grabbing your attention. And that's what you do as an employee or as a coworker, right? Your boss might be needing you for a certain period of time. So what I'm gonna teach you is how to develop this concentration and acquire this concentration in this world where kind of distraction is commonplace. 
You know, when you're driving down the road, you know, there's all these different distractions, advertisements, billboards, horns, honking, people crossing the street. How do you develop this concentration and singleness of mind? So that's what we're going to be doing because once you develop this concentration and singleness of mind as part of your practice, now it benefits you in daily life that when you are working or you are having a phone call with a personal friend or family member or something, or you're at home looking to read a book or watch a certain TV program or something like this, you can have concentration in all the activities that you do, and then you'll actually perform them a lot better because the mind will be fine-tuned, just like that musical instrument the Buddha talks about, where if the string's too tight or too loose, that the instrument doesn't play beautiful music the way it's intended to play. But when you tune the string perfectly in the middle, this is where the instrument plays beautiful music the way it was intended to play. So the mind is the same way. When it's not tuned in the middle, it's going to lack concentration. It's going to lack focus and clarity and memory. So I'm going to help you understand how to cultivate this as part of meditation, but also part of your daily life so that you know what to be doing on a day-by-day basis, moment-by-moment basis as you're out in the world and the world is trying to grab your attention and there's all these distractions around. So thank you all for joining for today's class and we'll see you guys in one of these future classes. Have a very lovely and wonderful rest of your day. Sawadikap. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To provide support for this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha. To access more teachings, visit buddhadailywisdom.com. There, you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Remember to establish a daily, consistent meditation practice, along with learning and practicing these teachings. A well-developed meditation practice is the foundation in which to train the mind to attain enlightenment.